Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmas, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I'm your other co-host, and I'm Marvelous Mike, broadcasting live from Toronto, Ontario. Marvelous Mike, that yes. is very out of character for you to, to speak with such flair and uh, style and pizzazz. Yes, well, what I'm doing is I am um, responding, I guess, to some of the emails and tweets we've been getting from listeners that have accused me of being a little too, uh, you know, too dour and depressing and grim on the recording, so I'm trying to be a bit more upbeat and... Um, I, I'm trying my hardest. You have to believe me, listeners. And you know what? I'm actually going to defend Mike on this one because people who listen and you think that Mike sounds like a dour, depressing, mm-hmm. bummer of a guy. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you guys something. He can't help that. Okay. Because his life sucks. I'm defending you here, Mike. If you trust me, if you saw what I see with how bleak and frankly hopeless Mike's life is day to day, he's actually doing a really good job at being optimistic and positive. Like, tr- trust me on this. Back me up on this, Mike. I'm backing you up 100%. Back it up. Back it up. Beep, beep. <laughs> yes. No, I, I do back you up uh, 100%. And I'd also like to thank you for supporting me and showing such uh such solidarity with me. I didn't think uh, I didn't think you'd back me up like that. So uh, what a what a wonderful friend and co-host you are, James. Well, I'm co-host certainly, but um, you know, and and I get a lot of feedback too from people like, oh, we wish James was a bit nicer to Mike. We wish James mm-hmm. you know, wasn't mean to Mike. So mm-hmm. how about you stick that one up your asses, guys? Because I just defended Mike from from all of you, and um, yeah, well, you know, so yeah, how about that? Memo to the listeners: If you have some probs with the with anything you hear in the show, uh, instead of uh, writing an email, maybe uh, take that take take your feelings and yeah, fold them up real tight and shove them right where the sun don't shine, baby. I mean, again, I love that we're on the same page on this show for once, mm-hmm. uh, but. I don't know if, I mean, there was a certain zealousness to the way you described rolling those feelings up and implied putting them up a butt that I just feel like added a dimension to that image that that wasn't necessary. But but still, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just a passionate guy. But uh, anyway, um, there. There we go. Everything is out in the open. Everything is transparent. Yes, it certainly is. Um so uh, it's good to talk to you, Mike. Uh, we had last week, we had a live, a live streamed show, which are fun, mm-hmm. I think. You can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. You can comment and everything, or you can just <laughs> listen to it later. And uh, uh-huh. I think we had a, had a fun time. Talked to Dalton McGinty, the former premier of Ontario. and Yes. Learned some things. And a doctor about- as well. That was pretty yeah. cool. But um, what's going on with you this week, by now that we're back to normal? Well, uh, back to normal. Yes. <laughs> no, if this yeah. is normal, then I'd hate to, I'd hate to see what, uh, weirdness is like, you know? Um, yeah, but seriously though, things are, things are okay. Although I am a little bit sad that, um, Daft Punk have decided to call it quits, you know? 
Oh, were you a big uh, Daft Punker? You know, in as much as we all are, I love their hits, you know, Get Lucky, uh, Defunk, Around the World. You know, they're great. They were great to dance to. And um, I just look forward to what those two French guys do next, you know, in the next phase of their life. And I, I also, I got to say, I hope when they take off those those famous helmets that they wear, I hope that they have some Febreze around because they've been wearing those for 28 years and you can bet your bottom dollar they, they're not going to smell too fresh inside. Right. I mean, I'm sure they took them off when they weren't doing a music video or a concert, but... I don't know. I don't know. Well... I really don't think they were going to bed in their helmets or, you know, wearing them while they're in the kitchen cooking scrambled eggs or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine getting up in the morning, walking down to the kitchen, bleary eyed, and you, you look in the kitchen and you, who do you see that hovering over a frying pan cooking some bacon and eggs but uh, Daft Punk? I would go crazy. Yeah. And maybe he's wearing a robe or they're both wearing robes and no shirt underneath. Maybe no yeah. underwear. Oh, God. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> and they've both got these big helmets on. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> did they have the music video with the guy with the dog head? They or was that did. Crystal Method? What's no, on? that was... <laughs> was or Crystal Method was the one who had a, a guy with a nose head. I think I think you're... Yes. Daft Punk's uh, video for Da Funk, I believe. Their first big hit had the guy, like the dog in the trench coat in the store. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was sort of a nice guy, but kind of a loser. Yes. Yeah. I guess the dog head symbolized... I don't know. He was just... He sucked or something. or His life was a bummer. Yeah. And uh, he passed away not too long after that video yeah oh no you're kidding the dog guy yeah oh Died. no Died. that's so sad yeah it is shit sad. yeah it didn't seem yeah. like he was doing well in the video so no. i guess we should have known yeah he had a lot of stuff going on and he um he didn't yeah. make it very long yeah i mean hey if you're if you have the head of a, of a dog and the body of a human you're already not doing great and um it's a little probably, bit weird probably very difficult on the organs like that's different mm-hmm. Those are different tubes trying to connect. Mm-hmm. It can't be can't be good. So what, so what was the deal with the nose guy then? Like I can remember the, you know what I'm talking about, right? That Crystal Method video where it's like a cool popular guy and he was like doing break dancing and has a girlfriend and he's cool but his head is a giant nose. I I'm just looking this up cuz it doesn't ring a a darn bell and I'm looking at it now. Oh lord, that's quite a nose that the guy has. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yes. Um Okay, yeah, that's a that's a unique look, uh, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's a different video, though. Um, yeah, I I guess my first reaction is you know, uh, I think I know what I'm going for Halloween as next year now. Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, my first reaction when I see that guy is I go, uh, uh, can someone call my stockbroker? I think I need to invest in Kleenex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For because this one, if these nose men are out 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 and about, uh, they're certainly going to need a lot of them. Just this one, yeah. The name of the game is the name of the Crystal Method video, uh, the, the song where the nose guy. And listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google Crystal Method name of the game video, and you're going to see this big schnoz. Um, and there's a picture here, and it has a has a straw going up with the nostrils, and you got to wonder, hmm, what's the what's the, what's that about? I think we all know the answer. 
Hey, you know what I think of when I hear name of the game? What? What's the name of the game? And it mean anything to you? Da 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 ba 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 ba. You know what I'm singing? From Abba. Yes. What's the name of the game? Ah, I listened to an Abba playlist on Spotify the other night, and I was having an amazing time. Really? What's your favorite Abba song? I'd probably say Super Trooper. Super Trooper, lights are gonna find you. Imagine if we, you know, would be a great coup for this podcast if we managed to get Benny and Bjorn from ABBA as guests on a future episode. What about the ladies? Well, them too. There are not. Or do you want a guys tell all kind of thing? Well, you know, (laughs) you know how my mind works. Yes, I would love to know what sordid things Benny and Bjorn got up to. I guess I was just I, I mentioned Benny and Bjorn uh, because they were the songwriters, so I wanted to like you know the stories behind the the music. But um, I would not turn down you know the chance to have Agnetha and Annie also on. Who would Benny? Where did both Benny and Bjorn? No, wait. I, one of the guys in ABBA looks sort of cherubic, like a little sort of middle earth character. And one of them was more of like, look kind of like a trucker with long straight hair. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's how they appealed They're to you, such a wide hot. Yeah. Um, did you know, James, that after ABBA ended, Benny and Bjorn from ABBA wrote a, uh, a musical, like a Broadway musical that mm. famously was like a flop and they've tried to rework it for years and all sorts of different versions. And it's a musical about chess called chess and it's what it's also, they wrote that they wrote chess and it's like examining basically like the cold war through the prism of chess and wouldn't you know it it uh it didn't stand a chance against um it opened the same night i think as the phantom of the opera opened <laughs> and that musical somehow was more popular than their cold war you know fairy tale about chess so this is like pet sounds against um Sergeant Peppers or something. These two rivals <laughs> yeah. trying to put out a, the coolest thing going. Yeah. Or like Tesla versus um, Edison. Absolutely, yes. And Holy shit. Andrew Lloyd Webber just beat the living fuck out of Benny and Bjorn with <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, right? Wow. One night in Bangkok and the world's asunder. I can see the devil looking next to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that's been your little Broadway moment <laughs> on this episode of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess. Mm. Hey, what the hell, Mike? We're in Toronto. You don't say fucking Broadway. You say King Street. You say King Street because you say Toronto's we've got our own district. plays. Yeah. yeah, we've got our own plays here. Yeah. Oh, there was something on the news the other day about how there was some... Ha- the headline on the, on the channel was like, Halifax man's uh, mission to Mars. And apparently some scientist from Halifax had some role to play in the landing of the Mars rover. And that got me Good. thinking and got me excited that like, finally, you know, we're going to see a little bit of friggin' East Coast culture on the red <laughs> planet. You know, Can't imagine having a, a an East Coast kitchen party in zero gravity, you know, with you know, lasers and all like a, a laser fiddle or something like that. 
I li- yes, a laser fiddle. I like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe get a little um, great big C playing up there, you know? Yes. Uh, hey, there's no neighbors that are going to tell you to turn the music down, so you might as well yeah. blast. How does that song go, that great big C song? Yeah, I don't know. Mary Mac? Yeah. How about, how about um, imagine if you're in a um, uh, zero gravity Mars kitchen party and someone says, mm. hey, thereby pass me the donair. I'm f- I'm hungry. And you just pick up a donair and you just sort of push it and it floats into, ah. the, into the bearded man's mouth. I love that. So it's just such a it, that's such a great image of sort of a mm. older maritime man with a big <laughs> stinky beard. And you get to see these little pieces of donair and little blobs of East Coast donair sauce just sort of like trickle into his gently, you know, a jar mouth and nice big blob of tzatziki or whatever it is just sort of gush into his face and mouth. And then he goes, by Jesus, that's the most delicious donair I ever had. I'm going to do a flip. And he just does a a flip in the air like an astronaut Mm. would, you know, it'd be beautiful. It is beautiful. Now, I'm going to correct you, Mike. Mars is not zero G. They do have some gravity. It's just not as strong as ours. So. Oh, come on, James. Don't Michael. My fun. I'm sorry. Now, he certainly would be able to jump higher, but okay. um, they, they uh, there is a bit of gravity. So I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. Worth keeping in mind for the landlord-tenant fans out there. There is a bit of gravity on Mars. All right. I admit I was my science wasn't 100% sound. I admit I was wrong. I got carried away. In the, all the excitement of imagining a um, a Martian kitchen party, sue me, no, I suppose. That's okay, you know that's that's completely uh, completely fine. I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, and and I wonder if in the future, if if we ever do build a colony on Mars, you know, will they have their own political satire show like this hour is twenty two minutes, but some kind of oh, Martian version version? God, imagine that! Just ripping yeah. the politicians to shreds. Yeah, doing yeah spoof ads and stuff like that. I'd watch. Yeah, it could be kind of interesting. They would, they would, be, there would be a lot of jokes at the expense of people still on Earth. Because you know, like in in yes. Canada, on this hour's twenty two minutes, they love making fun of the people in Toronto. <laughs> they Let me guess, do. did the Maple Leafs lose the game again? <laughs> so the Martians would be like, those people back on Earth might think they're fine walking around without needing to be under a dome because they've got <laughs> oxygen and fresh water. But we here on Mars are quite happy, actually, under our domes and underground, even though we don't have a magnetic field here, taking away the harmful radiation of the sun. Sure, you might you might get zapped every now and then by a laser beam, but I wouldn't trade my Martian home for all the fish and chips in Cape Britain. Yes. I think they need to put an NBA team here on Mars. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. We can jump about twice as high as anyone left on Earth. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the fact that Mars is smaller diameter than Earth, so there's less of a gravity, gravitational pull. <laughs> James, I love this. Oh. I I can't wait to see this. Maybe we should do a whole like- episode. Let's write a whole episode. I don't care. Let's write a whole damn episode yeah. of, of a satirical show from Mars. I also feel like I might be the first podcaster with the damn balls to to combine science and comedy here because I'm giving mm. good information about Mars and really good jokes. Yes. 
May that be a warning to all the other podcasts out there. If you're going to joke about space, James is coming for you if you slip up <laughs> in the slightest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hey, Michael, did you see that um, Spotify is uh, giving Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama a podcast? I did. And, you know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not against it. I think it's great that this duo is finally together. You know, people have asked for it for years and they've been denied what they want. And now it's happening. So I, I, you know, hats off to Spotify and best of luck to the former president and the boss. Well said. Um, And I don't know if you know this, Mike, but, um, you know, podcasts are kind of small time, really. You know what I mean? Like the big deal uh, is, is like radio. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but Springsteen and Obama have like another project on the go. Like the podcast thing is just kind of a warm up. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. 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 Actually, um, have you heard there's an ad I, I could play that uh, for, for a project they're working on? You want to hear it? Absolutely. Sure. Coming soon from the radio network that gave you Wet Fart Wednesdays, a morning show that's going to make you spit out your coffee and shit your pants. It's Springsteen and Obama in the morning. Rise and shine, bitches. It's the former president and the boss as you've never heard them before. 100% uncensored, unfiltered, and ungiving a f***. Bruce, I gotta say. I love Double D's. Featuring X-rated conversations, filthy games, and everybody's favorite segment, Dink of the Day. Who's the dink this time, Barry? Today's Dink of the Day has got to be Pete Davidson. Get it together, buddy. Springsteen and Obama in the morning. Welcome to your happy place. Mr. President, I just farted. Bruce, that's nasty. Coming soon on the Schwing Radio Network. Oh, hot. Want to touch the honey? Okay, um, so that's not exactly what I expected to hear from the former literal president and uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mike, we're in a different age now where your brand is everything and, you know, followers causing controversy. Don't you remember in the Howard Stern movie Private Parts? It's like you got to, you know, outrage people and that's that's everything's good. More publicity is good. So I, I'm all for this. Good for Barack. Right. It just seems a little, um, a little rude, crude, and t- arguably too full of toot for for these guys. You know, it doesn't fit their image. I don't know. Well, I totally, I t- well, you know, we're going to see a totally different side of them now that they're they're joined the podcasting revolution. So I, I think we're going to yeah. see the dirty, skanky, nasty side of both of these beloved public figures. Yeah. Well. Let's see how this plays out, you know? Uh, and if I were Howard Stern, I would be shaking in my... Now, let's see. Does he wear boots? Does he wear, like, big leather boots? Or does he wear, um, like, uh, designer shoes? Whatever it is, you I'd be what? shaking in them. I love that question. And I'm thinking about what my guess is of Howard Stern's typical day-to-day shoe. And you know what I think? Here's my guess. Kind of like a $750, like, urban hip-hop sort of sneaker. And it looks embarrassing on him, but he wears them anyway. That's my guess. Um, well, we have a very uh, exciting guest coming up this week. I'm very excited about it. We're going across the, the darn pond. Yes. And don't think we're being ridiculous. Um, when Mike says pond, you mean the ocean, don't you? I mean the, I mean the Atlantic Ocean, yes. 
Yes. So quite a big difference. But uh, before we get to him, Mike, we have a, a Patreon that people are welcome to help us out with if they want to. Attention listeners, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to go to patreon.com slash landlord tenant and uh, donate some of uh, some money to keep this show that you love so much on the air. If you donate five, I mean, five dollars a month, you'll also get a bonus episode every month. And also you will get our love and affection. Uh, thank you, uh, audience. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant work. Yes. Uh, you get a bonus episode and we're very grateful to everybody who donates. It's so nice of you. We really appreciate it. And if you can't, yeah. Hey, money's tight. I get it. If you can't, uh, maybe you could rate and review us. That'd be yeah. great. And tell your friends if you have like a cool friend or like a hot friend. So we do want like mostly good people, good looking people listening to this if possible. I would say, mm. I'm sorry to interrupt James, but no. I have a sort of a ratio thing, like the proportions, if, if I, if mm-hmm. I may. Um, Please. When telling your friends about this show, for each average-looking person you tell, please tell two hot people. Exactly. Yes, that's right. We don't need everybody to be super Mm. sexy and hot, but we would prefer a majority. Absolutely. uh, If possible. So if you could do that for us, folks, we would be extremely grateful. Um, And I think that just about covers uh, the the (laughs) things we wanted to say here before we uh, take a break. Yeah. And welcome back, Mm -hmm. listeners. Please... Please take this moment to crank up the volume on this podcast because you're in for a real treat. Our guest this week is a foreign man Mm. who's joining us from the old country. He is a comedian, (laughs) a writer, and a member of at least least, least three podcasts I think you have. Look, everyone, it's Milo Edwards. Hello. How you doing? Um, It's me. This is my (laughs) podcasting voice. Um, very smooth. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I am. I am foreign in this context. Um, generally, generally in, yes. in Britain, it's impossible to be foreign if you're white. Obviously, that's that's the policy of the British government. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, I I don't know how many podcasts I have now. I guess yeah, three. Yeah. I, my my joke though is that I always say it's two, regardless of how many it is. Like no matter how many podcasts I get, it will always be two. Um, and right. then if anyone lists the podcast, I'll be like, yeah, that's two. Right. I mean, once you start going over two, it gets a little dicey and people get uncomfortable because it's like, what's what's really going on here, you know? It's kind oh, of like if you have yeah. more than two cats or dogs or something, it, it re- reaches a point where it starts sounding maybe like less cool. <laughs> yeah, like you go from like a guy who has a podcast to like some podcasts who have a guy. Like that's <laughs> that's the concern and that's the territory you don't want to wade into. <laughs> so some of our listeners might know you from the trash future podcast others and we'll talk more about this later in in detail hopefully others might know you oh, from okay. your your new seinfeld theme podcast called masters of our domain and then That's others right. if they're really hardcore and a, a little bit different they might know you from i believe you have a russian podcast I do have a Russian podcast, and I'll I'll tell you right now, it's the bane of my fucking life. Uh, it's so much because it's but a video why? podcast. It's so much work. 
Um, and I get so little reward for it because Russians just will not pay you for anything. Um, and so it's like, I kind of, I have this Russian fan base that I didn't want to lose. So I thought I'd do a podcast and just like <laughs> Russians hate podcasts and they hate paying for stuff even more. And it's just, it's a waste of my fucking time. So but, is, um, <laughs> here's a maybe a very dumb, basic question. Is podcasting legal in Russia? Uh, legal. Yes. Advisable. I'm not sure. Um, it's very like, they don't. I, I don't know what it is about Russians in general. They don't really understand what a podcast is like, because the only podcast in Russia that's like moderately popular is the Joe Rogan experience. And all of the Russian <laughs> wow, podcasts are basically clones of that. So they're all video podcasts. So Russians think podcasts have to be video. They don't understand that it's primarily <laughs> in audio. And so for ages, I just did an audio podcast and people were constantly going like, why is there no video? I want to look at the podcast. And then eventually I'm like, fine, fuck it. I'll start doing a video. And then I'm like hoping that it's going to like grow or like take off in some way. And like, no, I've just given myself a load more work and I've gained like 400 listeners. It's like, it's totally fucking pointless. Well, that's so nothing to when sne- you uh, do your Russian podcast, does that mean you have to talk a lot about like cancel culture and eating elk and uh, <laughs> that kind of thing? Canceling elk. Um, yeah. Our policy, I think when we first started doing it, we used to talk a lot about like Russia news and like Russia stuff. And then we realized, actually, no, what's the point of that? Because we're like, our thing is that we're based in London, but we're doing a podcast in Russian. So we exclusively talk about basically like Western stuff for the most part and do it like in a way like, oh, you probably don't know about this, but here's what's funny about fucking Britain right now. Um, and that's kind of our angle. Um, and it's not a very successful angle, I won't lie to you, but it's certainly the easiest <laughs> angle. Um. I'm try- I mean, so do you have, uh, you know, people- Russia has a bit of a uh, reputation for, uh, you know, being... Uh, uh, people have heard se- of it, yeah. Seeking vengeance or, you know, being upset if you say the wrong thing. Do you ever think of that when you're doing your Russian podcast, your video, your basically your television show? Do you ever uh, worry that you shouldn't, yeah. you know, make fun of Russia poisoning people? or maybe, you know, uh, locking people in cages or anything? My policy is that, you know, I kind of, I say what I want, but also I don't drink tea and I clean my doorknob before I go in the house. You know what I mean? Like, I just, just to be sure... Um, no, I mean, like, jokes aside, like, I think that uh, the Russian government will absolutely murder you if you're a threat to them. But I am in no way a threat to them. Like, I am not concerned about... I think the Russian... I'm so far down the Russian government's list of priorities <laughs> of, like, some guy with a podcast that, by his own admission, not enough people listen to. Um, it's probably fairly minimal on Pete Putin's radar. Well, that's that must be reassuring at least yeah i don't think we yeah i think so james i don't think we live in fear of being murdered by the canadian government do we no we're like maybe maybe when if the audience doubled maybe trudeau would mm. consider having us murdered but yeah. not until then maybe you could get murdered by some like kind of like backwards quebec criminals though that could be fun <laughs> maybe like the if crazy. the flq ever reforms they'll they'll <laughs> maybe try and bomb us or kidnap us or something um, yeah, exactly. Uh, we, like, uh, Riley on Trashich has this like running theory about how every liberal prime minister in Canada is always brought down by some kind of like backwards Quebec corruption stuff that's like shockingly small time. Um, Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah, and so we have a running bit about like uh, the recurring character of Jean Luc Du Bastard, the Quebecois guy who's like running a maple syrup smuggling operation out the back of his uh, snowmobile dealership, and somehow the, the prime minister of Canada is involved in my maple syrup smuggling operation. Um, so maybe that guy could murder you. Yeah. Now, 
I I was I saw recently. I that... like to offend the listeners early on. <laughs> just do the worst voice possible. Um, alienate just... everyone. No, that was I just saw good. our listenership just go down in real time as we're recording. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so. Yeah. We've already lost the Russians, so. <laughs> so today, um, I want to talk about a few um, Prince stories in the news. Today is obviously everyone's celebrating. We're, we've all got party hats on. It's uh, Prince Andrew's birthday. I believe he's uh, turning oh. 61 years old today. And uh, mm. I'm sad. He's to- young at heart, though, Prince Andrew. He's <laughs> yeah, young very- at heart. He, young vibe likes young stuff around him and absolutely there's a saying in britain that you're only as old as the girl you feel and i think prince andrew really embodies that approach i i was saddened to see though that um it's his 61st birthday some people say he's the queen's favorite child but there are going to be Mm. no official celebrations uh, She's not exactly sport for choice, is she? Really, in terms of, <laughs> like they're all pretty fucking weird. Like he only recently took the lead in terms of being the weirdest of the Queen's children. <laughs> That's true. Um, that says a lot. Yeah. yeah, Edward was always the weirdest man, and then and then we found out about the whole you know potential. Legally, I cannot say that he is a nonce, but some people have said that. <laughs> I wonder if the other, yeah, the Queen's other children were like, yes, when the news broke, because they were suddenly oh, like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, they were going to ring the bells for Prince Andrew at Westminster Abbey to celebrate his birthday, mm. but that has been cancelled, not because of allegations against him, but because of COVID restrictions. Oh. Wait, can well, the bells catch sense. COVID? Yeah. Uh, well, it's traditional. It's uh, the nonce bells. Uh, once a year, they get all the, they get all the nonces together and they ring the bell for them. It's uh, it's kind of they parade them through the streets of town and people throw uh, cabbage patch dolls and that. I mean, it's, it's traditional. I don't see what's wrong with it. <laughs> Maybe when he dies, they'll like because they have what poets' corner in there. Maybe they'll have like a. Oh yeah, pedo corner, nonsense like corner. <laughs> I think more than more than one corner of Westminster Abbey is effectively nonsense corner. Like they don't call it that, but. And if you know anything about British elites, uh, I think it'd be hard to find any elite British cemetery without <laughs> something you could describe as a nonsense corner. <laughs> a non-nonsense corner would probably be easier to designate, I think. That would make the news. You know what? Yes. I have a lot of British mm. family. I've never heard the term nonce. Oh, oh, that's a great one. It's one that actually, it, it's like a real like old school, it's very like... London, I guess, as a t- it's like a Cockney kind of bit of slang for a paedophile, um, oh, and it just—it's kind of—it recently became. It was one of those words that British people say, and it was not the thing that British people said a lot necessarily. But then, like some Americans on the internet got a hold of it, and they were like, "Listen to this. Check out what they're saying in Britain." Um, <laughs> and then suddenly, it became like an online thing, and now like all the like American shit posters are saying it. And so there, and so as a result, British people are saying it more because it's become kind of a parlance. <laughs> Whereas right. before it was more something that like your like uncle might say, right? <laughs> I think you need to repatriate the word and bring it back uh, to its. You know, Abs- my culture is not costume, um, <laughs> frankly. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think a Canadian term, and maybe back me up here, James, if I'm yeah. right, or or mm. you know, uh, wag your finger at me if I'm wrong. Isn't the term goof? In Canada, sort of uh, <laughs> synonymous with pedophile. I've never goofball. heard that. 
It's like a Look prison. Big goof that's having right. sex with children. What is he like? <laughs> goofy. That guy is but, such a goof. No, I think it's a prison him. term in Canada. Yeah. If you're a goof, you're. I mean, maybe you're, you're right. Um, I've never heard that. I thought you were going to say like a. That's why Goofy the dog got the name. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you can't leave your I kids. Had a harrowing backstory with that guy. Okay, I'm looking that's up. What they should do. They should do a gritty backstory biopic of Goofy the dog, where he's like he's in jail for pedophilia. Yeah, you know why he's uh, called that, right? <laughs> yeah. Huey, Louie, and Dewey. You know how I got this electronic <laughs> tag? <laughs> so I looked it up, and apparently, a goof is a child molester in prison. So it's a prison term. Oh, yeah. I apologize. Well, they shouldn't let children be in prison. That's the first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about Prince Andrew. We've talked about Goofy. I wanted mm. to talk about another similar man. Um, recently, I saw there was a, a controversy in your country because the mm. famous musician and senior citizen Gary Glitter was administered a COVID vaccine. And yeah. some people... Well known for nothing else. <laughs> Just well known for being an old guy who was a singer. That's what people know him for. It's an old guy who likes to... Bust out the guitar and strum a few chords. Um, yeah, some he loves to angry. spend a bit of time in Southeast Asia. He respects <laughs> the culture out there, you know. <laughs> but some people were mad that he was like, in almost like this Old Testament sort of vengeance thing. People were like, he should mm. be allowed to die in prison uh, instead of getting the vaccine. Um, wh- where do you stand on this? Yeah, cool. I mean, that's what a criminal justice system is for, isn't it? It's to just murder people that you don't like. That's that's how it should work. I mean, this is just like, I mean, in Britain, we have like a rabid right wing press who are just like, I, I think I, I have a theory about Britain, which is like, if you really want to understand, like, I don't know, to compare, say, the British right wing to the American right wing, like the American right wing are constantly going on about how great America is. And they're like, this is the greatest country in the world. And if you don't like it, fuck you. And then whereas the British right wing are like, it's shit and it's supposed to be shit. And if you don't <laughs> like it, you can fuck off. And what they're most concerned with is, like, the idea... Like, they're happy for their life to be awful, but they just want to make sure that other people's life is worse. And so that kind of principle gets applied everywhere. And so, like, they don't really care about, like, the principle of, like, criminal justice or about, like, rehabilitation or anything. They're just, like, annoyed that anyone in prison is getting something that, like, they would consider good. And, like, they would rather no one gets vaccinated than, like, a prisoner gets vaccinated. You know, that's kind of their... So that's that's what's going on there. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I, I guess... Personally, I don't agree with what Gary Glitter did. Just you know, full disclosure. But I, <laughs> like, I don't know sympathy. <laughs> but I agree that it, I guess for other people's safety, you know, take him out of the equation. I guess for other people's safety, it, it makes sense for him to be vaccinated, even though he's a very a bad man. Yeah, it would also Mike, be a I pretty just... baroque and strange punishment <laughs> for paedophilia to give them the coronavirus. <laughs> I feel like it would just be an odd. Like, he's being punished, he's in jail, like, that should be sufficient. I don't think we need to also give him the coronavirus. <laughs> what were you going to say Just there, James? Just pointing out, Mike um, sent me notes for today, and uh, he has a point here. Gary Glitter vaccination controversy, and the link Mike, Mike gave uh, for details about it is from a website called ladbible.com. <laughs> so you got your oh, they're like a the- serious news outlet. I'm not even joking. Oh, really? So uh, basically, I I mean, I imagine a similar thing has happened in Canada, but uh, British media is so absolutely fucked that basically there were all these websites that started in like 
when I was like a teenager, like maybe like, yeah, like 20, 2009, 2010, that kind of time, uh, that basically were like, yeah, things like the lad Bible. And they just posted like, uh, like early internet era memes about like yeah. dude shit being a guy. And <laughs> then over time, because like all of the news outlets and magazines got so like gutted by like the, the way that everything went online and no one bought a newspaper anymore, they sort of slowly became like the only viable like kind of online media properties. And so they all pivoted to doing like serious news. So like the lad Bible <laughs> get into like prime ministerial like co- press conferences and ask questions and stuff. And it's just like, I was like, oh, hi, I'm David from the lad. Bible. <laughs> like, I'm what's your, what is your policy on lads? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean thought that would. I thought that was like basically like linking to an article on Pornhub or something. That's crazy. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, it's weird because often like the lad Bible actually ask more pertinent questions than like more established media people there because I think most of our like head political correspondents at like BBC, ITV, like the major newspapers, they're so concerned with just like softballing the government all the time that you actually need people like the Lad Bible to ask any <laughs> kind of left field question. Uh, exactly. Make, maybe they they could make some sort of like all the president's men style movie where the Lad Bible mm. breaks the story about Gary Glitter getting the vaccine from like an informer or something. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I can imagine actually Gary Glitter reading the Lad Bible excitingly, not realizing what it's actually about. <laughs> How old are these lads? <laughs> Will they ring the bells for Gary Glitter when he passes away at Westminster Abbey? That's the question I have. Maybe. I, I hope they do. I think that would be a fitting, like, if Big Ben can bong for Brexit, <laughs> bong a bob for Big Ben bong. Um, I think, you know, why not? Gary Glitter. Um, the passing of the nonce. Do not ask for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for an ounce. <laughs> he's he's had kind of. I mean, he's in the news, obviously, and I. I mean, mm. I, I think they still did play the rock and roll part two song. I think they still play it in North America at sporting events. I assume they don't do yeah. that in the UK. And then he had his song in the Joker movie. Mm. So he's, you know, he's still making money. Yeah. I, I I imagine. Which it was the same one, right? They used the same song, I think. Yes. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, Gary Glitter. Yeah, yeah, that song. I don't know why. It's weird because Gary Glitter was never really popular in the States, but that one song caught on as like a sports thing. Um, here they don't really play his music, but I don't think it's because he's a pedophile. I think they'd kind of stopped playing it anyway because it just wasn't popular anymore. It hadn't really endured. I, I did, there was, it wasn't like it hadn't come to be associated with anything like sports had in the States. Um right. And so we're quite happy with playing music by pedophiles or other other people of suspect character. That's not really an issue. Um, yeah. James and I were talking, uh, as he mentioned, we, we had some notes here. Mm. I saw that one facet of Brexit that many, many people didn't expect to happen is that there's a lot of rotting fish going on as a result of um, the UK leaving the European Union. Um, do you feel like you could explain this at all, or do you have any thoughts on the rotting fish situation? Well, first of all, uh, <laughs> rotting fish is called being English. Look it up, right? Okay. Um, I like <laughs> the Brexit thing is just so insane. I my greatest frustration about Brexit is that um, I have come to be more annoyed by my fellow Remainers than by the Brexit people because I expect the Brexit people to be idiots. And they are. 
But the Remainers have really gone out of their way to be as stupid as fucking possible and, like, protest about Brexit in the most, like, asinine and annoying ways that were obviously <laughs> going to just turn more people against them. And, uh, yeah, as a result, like, Brexit just isn't even in the news anymore because just, like, no one cares anymore. Like, just no... Like, it's fucked, but, like, no, I just... I, everyone's so bored of it because people have been talking about it for so long that, like... I don't know, like, during the debate about the deal itself they were obsessed with fishermen like it was going back and forth about fucking fishermen constantly and what was going to happen to the fishermen and like fishing is like a nothing industry in britain it's like some laughable percentage of our economy and they were basically like threatening to tank all every other business in britain over fucking fishing (laughs) and over some like incredibly minor disagreements about who can fish where as well um, and so uh, that was insane. But also, like, the government is happy to just kind of, like, throw people under the bus for no reason. Like, um, I mean, for example, like, I work in the arts. I'm a comedian, right? Uh, and the EU basically, on a silver platter, offered the government this thing, which was, like, uh, touring artists from the EU and Britain can, like, reciprocally tour in each other's countries with, like, no tax or visa implications for, like, a limited number of days at a time. And right. the government was just like, no. <laughs> they were just like, nah, we don't want to let any of them in here, so no. And what so it's you... just completely fucked, like British musicians, comedians, like people who did the continent all the time. They're just like, no, you right. can't do it. No. But can fishermen tour the European Union? Uh... <laughs> That's what I don't know. Yeah, you can go and see, like, yeah, Greg the Fisherman, like, on a fucking canal boat in Amsterdam, doing a bit about trout or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. The reviews are in. <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> It's Phenomenal, delicious. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, we've got to export something. So, you did you? How long did you live in in Russia, uh, Milo? Uh, three years, mm. which I would describe as a year and a half too long. <laughs> <laughs> and where were you living at the time? Uh, so uh, I basically I finished university in the UK, and I was like, oh, I can speak a bit of Russian. What would be funny would be to go and spend a year in Russia and like improve my Russian as a kind of like post university gap year type thing. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a comedian, and I was like, well, once I start doing that, I'm not really going to be able to lose momentum by going going away for a year. So I'll just do it now. And so I went to Russia. I got a job working as um, a tutor to this like super rich oligarch family, uh, <laughs> which I had to quit after two weeks because they were completely fucking insane. And uh, but fortunately, I had some friends in Moscow, like r- Russian friends. So I was able to just like kind of like sofa surf for a while while I found some other stuff. And then I was doing uh, gigs in English in this expat bar. Uh, and some TV producers came down to one of the shows and they were like, oh, uh, yeah, we really liked your stuff. They're talking to me in Russian, by the way, at this point. So we're having this conversation in Russian about this. Like, yeah, here's our card. Like, we'd really like you to try out for this TV show. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I go down to their office. They kind of hooked me up with some Russian gigs to try doing stand-up in Russian, whatever. And it, eventually I found out that neither of these people spoke any English whatsoever. So they'd just gone to, like, an English stand-up <laughs> comedy night, gone like, yeah, this guy. And, like, that was the basis of my entire Russian career, basically. So for all intents and purposes, they saw a man speaking gibberish and they were like, we need this on TV. <laughs> exactly. And it wouldn't be the worst thing on Russian TV, let me tell you. Um, they like a bit of gibberish out there. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it's it's a, a classic Hollywood discovery tale almost, except it's in Russia and they didn't understand anything uh, you were saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so then they got me into a show called Atkriti uh, Mikrofon, which was a bit like, uh, it's kind of like a last comic standing type format, like a uh, a competition show for stand-ups 
I ended up coming second in that. And wow. then uh, there was some controversy about that because <laughs> there were lots of people who were like Milo truthers who like believed that the final had been rigged against me <laughs> because the person who won was like uh, someone who no one no one had considered to be in the running. Um, like there were various people considered to be in the running of which I was one. And then like the, what, like a complete, like one of the like really random finalists that no one expected won, And everyone was like, huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that was fun. Uh, and there so were also were a lot of truthers. In Russian? Yeah. Yeah. Entirely oh, wow. in Russian. Uh, yeah. You- there were also a bunch of guys posting online about how I was like a deep fake and like I was really Russian and I was putting on an English accent <laughs> as like a bit to like accelerate my career. Um, and they were doing like really deep in-depth analysis of my the way that I spoke Russian to prove that this isn't these aren't the kind of linguistic mistakes a foreigner would make. These are the kind of linguistic mistakes a Russian would come up with because they don't understand how ah. a foreigner would speak Russian. And I'm like, you guys are fucking insane. <laughs> to, to what end would, would someone do that, I wonder, <laughs> if that was what you were doing <laughs> just to, uh, to win a competition? That's, that's so funny. I guess because being British had such a like, it did have such a cachet in terms of, at least initially in my career, it was such a like right. novelty thing. It definitely accelerated it a lot. Um, but yeah, experience- so I came second and then I got a job on another show which was imaginatively called Stand Up. <laughs> um, the classic uh, show. Which is... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it, uh, genuinely uh, the logo for the show. It says "stand up" in uh, in English text, and then underneath that, in English text, on like a little ribbon, ribbon it says "brand new show." <laughs> and, I think, and I think they're just relying on people not being able to read or speak English. They're just like, ah, more English text. It must mean very good. Um, uh, yeah, so I was on that. That's kind of a bit of a format, a little bit like live at the Apollo, I guess, like a similar kind of thing to that. Um, did you experience? And I did that for two years. Hmm? Sorry to interrupt. Did you experience any, um, yeah, like anti-British racism? I guess because, like, do you think they engineered it so a, uh, a native it's Russian British racism is <laughs> an Englishman can't even win so a damn English. Russian competition these days? <laughs> yeah, well, that is very true. Yeah, it's, it rigged against me. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that predominantly I received what I would describe as like positive discrimination where like, I mean, it could be a bit annoying, but generally speaking, people were like just obsessed with you because you were English and you could speak fluent Russian. Like they'd never seen that shit before. And then having met a lot of other foreigners in Moscow, I could see why. Because like you meet foreigners who are like, yeah, yeah, I speak really good Russian. And then like you sit and they're like, they can order a coffee just about. But like right. th- to them, it's like such a difficult language that they're like, oh, basically fluent. Yeah, I ordered a coffee. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good, mate. Um, and uh, so, like, it, there was like a weird thing with Russians where if you speak Russian badly, they're very impressed. Like, they're like, "Oh, wow, this man! He said hello to me in Russian. Crazy! We must have a drink." And then, and then, if you start speaking Russian well, they get like suspicious of it. They're like, "Okay, you're some kind of spy. What is going on?" Like, no one, no one comes here. No one learns this language. What the fuck? You have Russian parents. What is going on here? Um, and so I would get a lot of like kind of either impressed or suspicious, depending on the depending on the genre. Um, the weirdest like the weirdest stuff would be just like people kind of had this. I think in the same way that Westerners have a very like kind of generic sort of there be dragons view of like the former Soviet Union. 
similarly, Russians had no real understanding of like Europe and the West and like what the differences between the different places were. So like <laughs> Russians were always shocked that I could immediately tell the difference between Brits, Americans, and Australians by the way that they talked. And I'm like, yeah, they sound really fucking different. And they're like, no, this all just sounds the same. And I'm like, no, they're like, fucking, no, you can't tell it between that or fucking that. Like what? Like you know, it'd be um, amazing if you're Russian and you have like a you encounter some like Australian tourists in Moscow and you're like, oh, these damn Americans. <laughs> that's your that's your view of America. Oh, constantly. Wow. They call they call uh people used to call me Pindos all the time, which is like a derogatory term for American. Uh I like most of my friends used to call me it as a joke because it's like a running thing like some some like really like right wing dudes started calling me Pindos like in a derogatory way and then my friends started doing it as a joke. Uh and then people used to go but like but he is not American like not having understood the joke. But uh because whenever I did tours in like regional places it would quite often happen that people would just kind of call you American, not really understanding that British and American were even a different thing. Um, so I remember once did I did a set at some show in Kursk, which is like the worst town in Russia. Like <laughs> if, you, if there's anywhere to avoid, do not go to fucking Kursk. Like the worst people I've ever met, they all live in fucking Kursk. Um, and uh, I do this show. After the show, like usually, like Kursk is like a bit of a, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like... It's like people with money, but absolutely no grasp of how to behave appropriately. That's that kind of a town. Mm. So it's like everyone's like really like doled up for this night out. It's like the guys are carrying their big wallet and the girls are on like 20 inch heels. It's like that kind of thing. And so after the show, like my fan base was generally kind of like girls between 16 and 30. That was kind of like my hit range as a comedian in Russia. In Britain, my hit range as a comedian is dudes the same age bracket, <laughs> which is unfortunate, but whatever. Um, we, so, we have a similar problem, I think, James and I. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was just because the Russian girls were like, he is British, he will take me to his homeland. I don't know. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> anyway, so uh, quite often they would want to take photos with you after the show because like the whole point of going to the comedy show is to sh- put on Instagram that you went there. So like taking a photo with the comedian is the absolute apotheosis of going to the comedy show. So uh, there was all these chicks lining up to take a photo with me. Which is like fine, like like the first two times it happens, you're like, this is so cool, and then after that, you're just like, this is boring as shit. Like this is, I've just, I've taken so many fucking photos with so many women who all look the same, <laughs> um, and like the guys would often get really like insecure about the fact that their girlfriend was taking a picture with me, as though I was gonna like fuck their girlfriend or something, and so like. They would often make a point of coming over to you and being like, well, no sure. Yeah, yeah, like this kind yeah. of like, and I'm like, why are you giving, like, she, t- talk to her about it. Like, I don't give a fuck whether she takes the picture or not. Yep. Um, and so one of these guys comes over and he's like, like, starts calling me an American in this kind of like derogatory way. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm not American. I'm like, you were at the show. I'm British. Like, I, I talked about being British for like 20 minutes. And he's like, yeah, I made a course. And then I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm British. It's different. Like, some people are made a course. Some people are British, right? It's a different thing. And then he's like, yeah, whatever. And then we take the photo. And then he's, and then, and then he's like, oh, no, sure, I made a course. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, we've been over this. <laughs> and he's like, what, are you offended or something? And I'm like, d- 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 are you deaf? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. So I used to get shit like that a lot. Yeah, um, my, I feel I, like that I wasn't see- as fun a story as I thought it was. But- <laughs> no, I thought it was fun. I always imagined Russia as a very macho place. Is that, I mean, the, what you just oh, described yeah. there is how I imagine it. Like a lot of guys getting ready to fight other guys because they're worried they're going to sleep with their girlfriends. 
A hundred percent. Except they very rarely actually fight because Russians are never sure like which guy has like eight Chechens with assault rifles in a G wagon around the corner. Like that's the kind of there's like a there's like an extreme like British guys love fighting because they know that the risk is very low. Like the worst risk is like you get punched in the head and it hurts. Whereas like in Russia, it's a bit like America. Like you never like you never know who's got a gun or like who's gonna like really fuck you up or who's like connected. So like they tend to not actually fight, but they front a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had this, like, uh, I don't know what would be a good way of, a good way of describing it. Like Russians are so convinced of their own absolute masculinity that they do incredibly homoerotic things because it's never occurred to them that that could be a gay thing to do. Like right. you will meet two Russian guys who are like the most homophobic guys you've ever met. Or like, yes, but we also take our shirts off and kiss in the sauna. It's because we are guys <laughs> who are friends. It's normal. Um, it's just like so weird they're like they're so terrified of gay people but at the same time they're also just like yeah we give each other an oil massage at the weekend it's normal dude guy stuff we do (laughs) heterosexual men (laughs) yeah I I guess that is a I mean I hear like hockey culture in Canada is sort of similar where Mm. it's like it's so homophobic yet at the same time intensely homoerotic with like like an initiation thing. Yeah. Like you, you get your like, balls shaved by the whole team or like everyone has to be naked and have nice. anal sex in the shower. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, just classic team bonding stuff, really. <laughs> so you, you got, you, you spent time in Russia. You were doing shows there. You were, you were like a uh, regular mm. TV performer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I, I did, uh, so I was in that, uh, like Last Comic Standing type show for about six months, and then I did two years of, uh, the stand up show, um, and a lot of touring while I was doing that. So I got sent all over the shop. Uh, I, I had this weird thing where, like, I generally speaking, like, all my friends were Muscovites, and Muscovites never go anywhere in Russia because they're just like, yeah, this country sucks. Why would you ever leave Moscow? Like, there was a whole joke about, um, there's this road that is like the ring road around Moscow, like a like a freeway type thing called the called the Umkad, and uh, there's like a whole running joke that Muscovites never leave the Umkad. And I remember there being a there was a joke about like why is it that you can buy a house on the Rublyovka, which is like the high another highway that's just outside Moscow for like five million dollars, and yet you can buy a house in Miami Beach for like half a million dollars that's the same size. And then it was like, because Miami Beach is 9,000 miles from the Umkad. Um, and like, uh, and so they would, they would always be like really shocked that I would get sent to all these fucking places in Russia that they would never consider going in their entire life. They're like, right. you went to Surgut and you are still alive. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but I'm fine. <laughs> like, why would you do this? I don't understand why anyone would go to Surgut. People just stay in the main city. Did, did you ever go to like Siberia and do uh, a gig in Siberia or is that just so far that that's not kind of a a thing yeah a few times I went to uh, I even did Vladivostok on the far east coast uh, which is actually a really fun city it's like kind of uh, people are much less aggro than in Moscow, but it's generally quite an international city because it's so close to like Seoul and Tokyo and stuff. So the people there tend to travel. Um, right. Whereas if you go into inner Russia, it tends to be like it's a lot like America, basically Russia. You've got your kind of like your coast type places where you've got like big cities where people are kind of more or less international, and then you've got your kind of like I don't know like 
buttfuck Kentucky somewhere. Like, that's your kind of, like, Siberian, like... Um, and so, uh, generally speaking, I found gigs in Siberia were quite fun because the people were really up to it because it would be, like, you'd show up and it would be... There would be, like, one entertainment thing a month that was, like, a big, like, people from the TV, whatever. Right. And so everyone would go and they would be like, well, we have to enjoy this because it's going to be a month before anyone shows up again. They have to ration um, their joy and sort of, like, yeah, wait... Yeah, exactly. And so me and some guys, actually, it was the show in Surgut. We got booked to do this show in Surgut, right? We fly into Surgut. It's like a three-hour flight from Moscow, like an overnight flight. We arrive in the morning, and uh, the the organizer is like, oh, I'm going to send my friend to pick you up. Uh, it was always like everything was so, even if it was like a lot of money involved, everything was like so unprofessional. Like everything would just be like, yeah, my friend has a Ford Focus. He's going to come get you from the airport. <laughs> so like, okay, guy shows up, like bad Ford Focus. We get in the car. And then we're like, yeah, how far do we have to go to, like, the venue? And we're thinking he's going to say, like, 20 minutes. And he's like, well, if there will not be traffic, uh, two and a half, three hours. And we're like, excuse me? What? <laughs> and, <he's> like, <laughs> and it turns out that this gig wasn't in Surgu. Like, they just told us that it was because they thought we wouldn't agree if they told us, like, where it actually was. So then what they did, the, the guy drives us to the place. is actually in this place called Pakachi, which is, like three hours from Sugut, just like in the middle of the fucking forest so we're like driving after the first half an hour the only turn offs from the road are like to oil fields they're just labeled like <laughs> Rosneft and then like a number like everything we're like okay this is great we arrive it's like a town of 16,000 people there's a few old like Khrushchevka apartment blocks there's one cafe and one hotel okay. and they take us they take us to the cafe it's like there's a whole thing in Russia where like a lot of cafes will have a menu that's like the Ikea catalog it's like got a huge there's like everything under the sun, so I'm not leafing through it. I'm like, okay, I'll have the like stir fry. The woman comes over and starts like laughing at me for ordering the stir fry. And I'm like, well, what's funny? She's like, we do not have. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll have this. And I pointed to something else. She's like, we do not have this either. And I'm like, do you have anything that's in this fucking menu? And she's like, uh, we have uh, uh, chicken or chicken soup. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so the menu was kind of unnecessary. That was just a flex. Like, there's no, you can just remember the menu. There's no need. Uh, so we have our like chicken whatever take us to the hotel we d- dump our stuff and then we do the show which is in like a school auditorium uh, which goes like kind of fine and then afterwards we're really tired we've got like a night flight back to Moscow so we just want to get some dinner and get some sleep and you then, must have been uh, hungry for chicken like, soup <laughs> exactly yeah and then and then the guy is like no 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 the, tonight is very important you are guests of honor and we're like guests of honor at what and then he's like uh Today, first ever nightclub is open in Pakachi. And we're like, what do you, there's never been a nightclub. He was like, no, today is first day. You are guests of all this. Like, you're on the poster. And we're like, what? And then we're like, no, no, we're not doing this. Like, we just want food and we want to go to bed. And he's like, he's like, we will eat at the nightclub. And so eventually we get like bullied into going to this nightclub. We show up. It's like a former bakery. Like, the whole thing is just like tiled. It's like horrendously echoey. We're in the doorway. And then the bouncer is like, yeah, yeah, you can't come in in those trainers. And we're like... You're the guest of honor. They would let us into any club. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're like, they would let us into any club in Moscow in these trainers. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Also, it's like a foot of snow outside. It's like, you know, it's like minus 20 or something. Um, And so then we're like, fuck it. Right, we're leaving. We're going to go get some food. And then the guy's like, no, no, no. Just remember for next time. And we're like, right, okay, yeah, next time. Sure. So... 
We get inside and like everyone in this town is in this nightclub. I'm talking like children as young as 12, like adults as old as like 75. Like they're all like, you're like really old women in like leopard print dresses who are like, I've come to see what is nightclub. Um, and then they're like, they sit us in this little roped off area at a table. And it turns out that the food they've got is pizza, but they're making it in the microwave. So we get served this like flaccid pizza which i still eat because i'm starving so then we sat there <laughs> and then a bunch of guys who are at the show come and sit down with us and they're like oh yeah they recognize you from the show and i'm like oh no and then the guy sits with me and he's like i want to talk to you about something because you are a british guy and i'm russian and i'm like cool yep that's correct and then he's like uh so like you are like my enemy and i'm like uh <laughs> and he's like and he's like, but we can have conversation because you are okay guy. And I'm like, right. And he's like, but you're still my enemy because you are British. And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure that's how it works. And he's like, no, no, we are enemies, but we can still have conversation. Reasonable so this goes guy. on for like yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, that went on for like 20 minutes. And uh, the other comedians like refused to intervene because they're finding it too funny. They're just like filming this as I'm getting berated <laughs> by this guy who's convinced that I'm his mortal enemy. Um, yeah, just like really normal. That was what that was what doing a gig in Siberia was like. Interesting. It's not. It's it's a little different than what I uh, imagined, but it's uh, it still seems mm. very fun. <laughs> and uh, it's something like that. Yeah. Wow. Microwave pizza. I've been having a, a connection issues the last uh, few minutes, so I'm really actually yes. sad that I missed that entire story. But I'm excited to listen to it later. It was all about how I met Gary Glitter. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um. So Milo, we're uh, we're we're wrapping up shortly, but I did want mm. to talk to you about. Well, he's the elephant in the room. I'm talking about Jerry Seinfeld. You uh, co-host a podcast called Masters of Our Domain that is has just recently been launched. I do. And uh, yeah, we started it about I guess a month ago, maybe a bit more, two months ago. Right. And uh, what inspired you to to start a podcast about Seinfeld? <laughs> I had the idea while drunk with, uh, it was with Riley and I was sat on a live stream and we were drinking and I was like, because I've never seen Seinfeld and uh, Riley and uh, my friend Phoebe, who I do the podcast with, are like big Seinfeld fans. And I was like, it would be fun to do a podcast where like that we watch Seinfeld and I react to it. And you had and never, seen it. It, never wow. seen it. Wow. No, I'd never seen it. Um, and then Riley was like, yeah, 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 that was, that's a great idea. We should do that. And so then I organized it with Phoebe. I was like, do you want to do this with us? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds great. And then, uh, and then Riley was like, the next day he like sobers up and he's like, oh, my girlfriend's going to kill me if I do another podcast, so I can't be on the podcast. <laughs> and so me and Phoebe were like, yeah, we'll still do it, whatever. Um, and we weren't really sure what it was going to be. Uh, so we just, we got a loose format where we just, we watch the episode and we get a guest on to talk about it every week, whatever the episode. I'm, I've like, I've seen as many episodes of Seinfeld as we have done episodes of the podcast, <laughs> which I think is about like nine at the moment. Right. Um, and so then uh, what it's actually become, which I think is great because it's kind of like a meta commentary on Seinfeld itself, which is that we barely talk about Seinfeld. We use the Seinfeld episode as like a jumping off point to do just kind of like a riffs show about whatever we want to talk about that sort of like loosely, which I feel given my impression of Seinfeld is that it's a show which is itself kind of has no real content. Right. Um, For instance, I, I, I listened like, to an episode recently where you spent about 20 minutes with the guest talking about Superman's anus. So that's the kind of thing oh, yeah. that <laughs> listeners can, can look forward to. 
Exactly. We love discussing anuses of all kinds. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a we had a recent one where like uh, uh, Phoebe was going off on a theory about how she believes that all salt water is the sea and all fresh water is a pond. Okay. Um, and you can subdivide all water. So like a bottle of water, that's a pond. Like put salt in it, that's the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are the kind of things I, you can expect. I can imagine the gang from Seinfeld, you know, sitting at the diner having those exact uh, conversations. So uh, you know, it's yeah, exactly. It fits. Um, yeah. And occasionally we write our own Seinfeld bits uh, <laughs> and get the guests to judge who wrote the more Seinfeldian bit about a topic. Is, is Do you have a white whale in your sights? Do you hope by the end of doing whatever, a thousand episodes of this show, that you will land Jerry Seinfeld as a guest to, uh, to talk to the man himself? It would be really fun to get one of the, get one of the Seinfeld crew on, I think. Uh, apart from apart from the guy who played Kramer, who I gather is cancelled, I don't really know much about it, but I gather that he wouldn't be a good person to have on a podcast. I I think Michael Richards has has yeah his he's gone sort of silent in the past decade, except he did do a, that season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they had like a sign a fake Seinfeld reunion. He was on that, and they referenced his uh, uh, okay. his racist outburst, which was very very fun. Um, but yeah, he's oh right okay keeping. We love to reference a racist outburst. <laughs> Now, I I sent you and James. Did, did we get James back? We keep losing him here on the. Uh, yes, I'm back. Sorry oh, for back. my uh, text problems. Oh no problem. Sorry, no worries. Um, it's a difficult time for everyone. Um, oh, he's gone again. Anyway, mm. I sent you and James. A- <laughs> my computer's just having a mental health day. <laughs> uh, I felt weird about this because I don't know you, Milo. You're a bit younger than me, mm. and I sent you a link to a a. Pornographic. Yeah, a problematic age gap between us. <laughs> so you're a foreigner, a younger man. I sent you a porno trailer link, which I, I felt mm. a little awkward about. But um, did you have a chance to watch the link to the Seinfeld Triple X porno? I parody? did. Okay. I I was really impressed with uh, the level of detail and production <laughs> value that they had gone to, to be honest. They're not screwing around, you know. You can tell they sunk a lot of money into the, the Seinfeld porno parody. Yes. Yeah. So what is the deal with double penetration? I mean, I can't even get the single penetration thing down, let alone double. And how do you choose a hole? Shotgun on the anal. Yeah. I don't know what the like legal implications are of doing something like that. I don't know if the, you have to like get any rights to do a porn parody. <laughs> I I assume no because I from I did a little bit of research. This company has done multiple porn parodies of of big famous movies and TV shows like they've done a uh a Flintstones porn parody, an Office porn parody, oh, okay. and I think like Scrubs or something. And what they do is they change the names of the characters ever so slightly uh, to avoid maybe copyright uh, infringement. Right. So, for instance, the Jerry okay. character is called Gary, Elaine is Elena, and Kramer is Kramer. So it's like very clever, <laughs> clever stuff. Ah, I see. Right? Did you yeah, guys cramming find- in his penis? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I thought that uh, James Dean's uh, impression was pretty good. I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah, James Dean doing Seinfeld bits yeah. on stage. I quite, uh, but they were all like sex themed. Like it starts with, <laughs> what's the deal with double penetration is how it, it kicks off. Yes. Yeah. And indeed, what is the deal with that? <laughs> I would like to know. It's one of those things you see a lot in pornography, but I don't think anyone has ever attempted for a non-pornography purpose. <laughs> no. It's like a... It feels like showboating, sexually speaking. I couldn't help but notice that the Seinfeld porn parody is a whopping two and a half hours long. 
And it has a laugh yeah, track. That's a lot of that's a lot of jack in it. Are you kind of like edging it, tantric style? You're doing like skit, uh, sting style shit, or like yeah. what is the? Because you'd think that's much longer than any Seinfeld. Like surely around twenty minutes would be perfect. <laughs> that's longer than like most movies. That's I mean, longer than that's like La Dolce Vida, I think, or around the same length at least. <laughs> like bordering on Saving Private Ryan territory. We're sitting down, we're watching That'll all two and a half hours. Yeah, do a do a porn parody of something really long and serious, like a porn parody of like the entirety of Band of Brothers, like a shot for shot porn parody remake, ten hours. Just Cock like, Band yeah. of Brothers. I don't know. Oh yeah, Bang of Brothers. The first maybe. ten yeah. minutes are just unbelievable. It's a gay porn parody. <laughs> um, Absolutely, yeah. So the plot of the Seinfeld porn parody is it's sort of a, a riff on the soup Nazi episode. So it's about the the porn Nazi. <laughs> Uh, who won't okay. sell Elaine a porno videotape. And so they have to, mm-hmm. I, I think the character Kramer has to make his own and it's, you know, a comedy of errors and a comedy of uh, oh, extreme right, right, right. sex scenes. And um, I was reading about some of the performers in it and something caught my okay. eye, uh, Milo, about the actor who played the... Oh yeah, because Sasha Gray is in it. I mean, fucking yeah. taking me back to my youth. Heavy hitters, yes. Sasha Gray, James Dean, <laughs> um, London mm. Keys, if that means do, anything to anyone. Do you guys recognize the the guy who was the soup Nazi? Because I don't know his name, but I really recognize that man. Evan Stone is his name, and apparently okay. he, he's been in like thousands of, of pornos. Yeah. Yeah, I, rem- I remember him. Ah, oh, okay. But um, so, Kramer, the actor's bio on IMDb it really ra- made me raise my eyebrow. Eric John, Mm -hmm. the actor, is a native of Plattsburgh, New York. Nothing odd about that. Eric attended the renowned Mm -hmm. Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. And here's what caught my eye. (laughs) Eventually, he left his conventional work scene involving technology and mathematics to pursue his love of sex. (laughs) (laughs) And in 2007... Much like Gary Glitter. Yes. And in 2007, he entered the porn industry, and then he started making all these films. So there was a moment in this man's life where he was like in a lab doing a, an equation. He was like, "I need to pursue my my one true love, sex," and he quit his job. Yeah. I mean, do you ever like? Is that like one of those things where like you can be having sex with a woman and she's like, "You're good. You should do this professionally." <laughs> Have you ever considered going pro? Oh no, with no. busting. <laughs> You ever, you, yo, you haven't nutted professionally. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I'm an MIT man. I could never dress up as Kramer and have sex on camera. Mm. Yeah, like you get like one guy, like a porn guy who happens to also be a peeping Tom, just sees you like, uh, you know, like having sex one time and he just picks up the phone and he's like, uh, yo, it's your, cousin, it's your cousin Marvin. You know that cock you've been looking for? Listen to this. <laughs> it's like, I can't hear that. It's a dick. Like, what? <laughs> So that's that's. I mean, I I can't wait for the, our listeners to send in their thoughts on this Kramer actor's uh, his background. Mm. Um, what did you think of his oh, performance absolutely. as Kramer, Mike? Did you think it was a good Kramer? <sighs> he he looked sort of like him, but he looked like Kramer, sort of sick. Like he looked like he was fighting yes. off something. He he looked disturbing. I don't know why. <laughs> Same with the George. Yeah, Kramer, if he loved sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. George looked a bit like um, who's the Kevin from the Office? That's who George yeah. Costanza looked like. Right. I didn't like. Maybe the he look was of also the in the Office porn parody. Yeah. 
Maybe. Well, apparently there's an Easter egg in the Seinfeld porn where in the porn shop, there's a poster for the Office porn parody. And I think the actress who plays Elaine was in the Office porn parody. So if you know your porn spoofs, you'd be like, ah, it's all tied together. Yeah, I was. Cool. I, I felt like the the actress playing Elaine wasn't a very good lookalike for Elaine. <laughs> that was my. Uh, who would be worth getting a good lookalike for? Because Julia Louis Dreyfus is hot. Like that would yeah. be that would be a good lookalike to find. I'm not so concerned about having a good George Costanza lookalike. <laughs> I don't think there are many because it's all men watching this, right? It's like men. it's not. Yeah. Like, I don't think any guys are like, I want to see George Costanza <laughs> fuck. I don't think that's a fantasy. Let's skip all these um, Elaine scenes. I want to see George and Newman, you know, getting, getting down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a Newman character named oh, man. no man. Dark, dark shit. <laughs> hmm. Um, it's why, why, why are we fucking though? I don't understand. <laughs> I was just reminded that my um, my father didn't like the show Seinfeld because he thought it was uh, it wasn't realistic that the George character could date too arousing. Well, <laughs> I get so horny when I watch the show. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he didn't think it was realistic that the George character could date beautiful women, and so he he like wouldn't watch it. But at the same time, he also loved the show Alf. Ah. So. <laughs> ah, well, we actually had this very conversation on the Seinfeld podcast because um, I was querying why it is that both George and Jerry are always dating outrageously hot women. And uh, I think, Hus- yeah, Hussein was our guest on that episode. And he and he was like, nah, he's like, George Costanza is exactly like one of those guys who's friends with all the cool podcast guys. And you see him at the podcast live shows and he's always like crushing pussy and no one understands why. <laughs> he's like, George Costanza is like a real guy. He's like the Brooklyn guy who's like friends with the Chapo guys. And it's like, <laughs> impossibly. George Costanza is starved. I think that's his theory. I think that's... <laughs> oh, man. I wonder, do you think anyone and what i'm getting at is do you think that jerry seinfeld has ever watched the seinfeld triple x porn parody and do you think that he has uh masturbated while watching it there's no other way to put it yeah that's a good question isn't it i mean i I think he's almost certainly watched it because i feel like both in uh, a professional and legal curiosity would lead him (laughs) to do so like do i need to sue these guys um but i don't know if maybe maybe he might have found himself being made horny by it. i'm not sure i know he would never admit to such a thing i'm not saying i certainly wouldn't i'm definitely not saying jerry is a nonce but he <laughs> also was a bit of a freak you know with his uh young girlfriend back in the day mm. has he been school? vaccinated yeah. that's my question yeah you know? Yeah, has he been? We don't know. We can't say. On the uh, that would be very funny if we got sued for saying that Jerry Seinfeld had been vaccinated. <laughs> like, I haven't been. I'll take you to court. I've not been vaccinated. <laughs> um, on the Wikipedia for the Seinfeld porn parody, uh, the plot. I'm just going to read you the the last uh, sentence okay. here. So it ends with the familiar you know scene of seinfeld on stage doing a bit as the credits roll it says Mm. the film ends with another stand-up bit from gary about fake boobs and sandra is up on stage showing gary that her boobs are real he is seen playing with her breasts for the remainder of the movie (laughs) the remainder of the movie i think all movies should end that way That would have been great at the end of Saving Private Ryan. Him just like kneeling down in front of the grave and just like playing with some titties. I think that could have been Ryan plays with breasts good, for good the vibe. remainder of the movie. That's right. It would be yeah. It would be great in the screenplay. That would be the fun. Like the stage direction would be excellent. Yeah. 
Great way to end. Just like Kiza Soze, like just like playing with breasts as he limps away. <laughs> what is up with this uh, trend in movies these days? He's <laughs> playing with them. Yeah, it's actually a reference to one of the great directors, an homage. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there we have it: the uh, Seinfeld triple X porn parody. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Masturbate it, masturbate to it early, masturbate to it often. Yeah. Um, that's that's available on the internet now. We'll uh, we'll put the link to it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm coming on here to plug. It's just fucking Seinfeld porn parody. Yeah. Don't listen to the podcast. Watch, go watch that. Well, I hope you and Phoebe uh, in the future do a series of episodes because I assume you have to watch this in chunks because it's so long. But I hope you. I thought you could be like make a porn parody, <laughs> a porn parody <laughs> podcast of yes, yes. Yeah, I'll t- I'll talk to Phoebe's boyfriend about that one. So we think. <laughs> have the um, chaperone the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Just make sure, just keeping it all above board, you know. Yeah. Well, um, Milo, I think we've lost James again because he is uh, his internet connection is bad. But uh, <laughs> he's, it's difficult to stream the porn parody and like do the podcast at the same time. It's kind of a bandwidth issue. Yeah, yeah. And some say that the, the government is trying to shut this down. Maybe they're they're involved in it too. Mm. Um, but it might be. <laughs> thank you so much for. For joining us, and if you want to, oh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yes, thank you. And, and is there anything you want to plug? Um, where can people find you on Twitter? Plug your podcasts. Yeah, if you if you want to check me out, I'm at Milo underscore Edwards on Twitter. You can check me out on. Uh, I have a podcast called Trash Future, which we mentioned, which is like a kind of comedy politics podcast. That's uh, that podcast doesn't really need plugging. It's it's popular enough in my view. It doesn't need to be more popular than it is. Uh, it's it's pop, more popular than it should be, probably. Uh, and uh, I, I have this new project, which we've also mentioned, called Masters of Our Domain. It'd be great if you want to take a listen to that, where we uh, talk absolute nonsense. I think some people have said, like, oh, do I need to watch Seinfeld to understand the podcast? And I'm like, motherfucker, I haven't even watched Seinfeld. Like, come on, come on in. You will learn nothing about Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, and if you speak Russian, I mean, you know, I do check not. out the Too Much podcast. Yeah, become become one of my extremely few Russian podcast listeners. Uh, you can find that on the usual on the usual podcast apps. I don't speak Russian, but I I am going to download it and listen to it. <laughs> Just as like a soothing, yeah, um, help you sleep. Yeah, a girl from a dating app actually recently said to me like, "Oh, what's your podcast to? Like, I'll I'll use it to fall asleep to." <laughs> like, like falling asleep to podcasts i'm like okay i'll take i was like did you fall asleep she was like yeah really quickly and i'm like is that good like and was this the russian one mean? or was this an english one <laughs> no i think this was uh i think this was trash future okay. which how anyone can fall asleep listening to trash future i have no idea like that is a, a deeply manic podcast but it's a very enjoyable podcast and james is back just as we're ending james is there anything you want to say Perfect. before we uh wrap this up no, uh, just that uh, recording a podcast through your phone data works really well, and I'm glad I did that, and I, I'm happy that it works so well. Yeah, it's great. We love it. Because <laughs> my Wi-Fi is fucked up. Uh, thanks so much, though, Milo. That was really fun, and uh, I'm going to check out Masters of My Domain. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, 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 hope, I hope you enjoy it. Excellent. Well, have a good rest of your day, and uh, talk to you later. Wicked. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Oh, Noman. Oh, Gary. So I'm a boob man myself. Boobs have played a very important role in history. Napoleon, he had so much trouble because he was right at boob level. Boob level. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.